0: Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church.
1: This is Past the Mike.
0: Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Past the Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by the Witness, a Black Christian Collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter at Burns Clan and Instagram as well at Burns Clan. Please don't forget about the gram. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me, as always, is the founder of The Witness, extensive bio, I tell you. The man, the myth, the legend, the two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself, Dr. Jamar Tisby. What's going on, brother? I'd
1: like to welcome you all to the latest episode of Pass the Mic. (laughs) Yeah, okay. We have our NPR audio filter
0: on. Nah, we're not doing no NPR audio filter. (laughs) The Bo is, have, Bo is, Bo just quit. Bo just quit. We need, we're looking for a new executive producer. So please put I, your- I, I had
1: to do something to lighten it up. We, 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 we talking heavy today.
0: Yes, we are talking very heavy today. We have been talking about a lot of difficult, heavy things over the past few years, and especially this year, and still that will continue. And one of the things that I was led to talk about, and we've been having a discussion about privately- um, is a, a tweet. It actually was inspired by a tweet by our good friend, Akemeni Uwan, um, the host of Truth's Table, the award-winning, we have to recognize them, the Sh- award-winning winning. podcast. We love, love, love our sisters, Dr. Christina Edmondson, Akemini Uwan, Pastor Michelle Higgins. We love y'all so much. Shout out. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. And, uh, immediately after the untimely tragic death of Michael K. Williams, yeah. the actor, um, Michael K. Williams is, is probably best known for his role as Omar Little in The Wire. And he's also known as, as his role, Chalky White in Boardwalk Empire. Um, just most recently he played in Lovecraft Country, um, all kinds of different movies and television shows. And she tweeted something that really grabbed me and, It was not in a question. It was in an affirmative statement, a declarative statement that black men should grow old. Mm. Black men should grow old. And I mentioned this because much of my thought process and my perception is really in the vein of this episode, which is a question, which is can black men grow old? And when I say that, I'm not just simply saying, can we in terms of our will, but can we in terms of is it possible? Is it actually a a theoretical possibility for us to grow old? And I think we should talk about what that means, number Mm -hmm. one. But I thought it would be such a pertinent, poignant topic for us because that is something that we are navigating as black men. And that is something that I don't know about you, Jay, but something I think about all the time. Um, when you see fathers of sons, yes, yes, as fathers of sons, and 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 then as a father of a daughter, for me, you know, I think about walking her down the aisle. Like I think about all those types of things as a father, as you see her transitioning in very quick and progressive and incredible ways, um, and just growing up quickly. Yeah, you know, what what do you think about this, Jamar? Does this resonate with you?
1: Yeah. So I saw that tweet as well, and immediately it was burned into my memory as something i'll never forget as a question because it was
0: Kimani is good for that uh, <laughs> she's really good for that
1: oh my goodness um because it put in a concise form this sort of ambiguous anxiety that sort of hangs around hmm. black men all the time i mean look getting in the car feels sometimes like an existential crisis
0: talk about this talk about talk about this i when did this start, though? That's mm-hmm. my, this, am, this ambiguous ang- anxiety. Yeah. When did this start for you? Because I feel like that's really instructive as to what made us question whether or not our existence and our flourishing was accepted by the society and then possible in our, in our live reality.
1: You know what? I think it's early for all of us. It's one of those things that feels like it's in the air, it's in the atmosphere. But I can remember watching... Um, The Rodney King coverage and my parents, especially my mom, just making comments like, you know, that's that's what they do to us. That's what they do to our people. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I'm a kid at this point. I didn't know all that she meant. I I knew it had to. Something to do with black people, but I also remember seeing that coverage. Remember, tech wise, this was one of the first instances where we got it caught live on video. So, so, yeah, we are watching this and it, it is mind blowing to a lot of people, even black people who we knew it happened, but to see it broadcast on TV and to know that other people now see it happen, like that was a big thing. So, so there was always that sense. And then as a teenager, you know, I remember going to the arcade and almost without fail, me and my black and brown friends, we had one white guy in our group. The rest of them were Latino and black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got followed. Just yeah. got followed. Yeah. In an arcade. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to smash and grab at an arcade? It's not like a, a clothing store or whatever, selling video games. It's... It, But the automatic air of suspicion was always there. Yes. But it certainly ramped up when I started driving. Hmm. Hmm. Because I just think that is, you know, there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop when you're black.
0: Right, right.
1: Particularly a black male,
0: Right. Right. You know, I I think something that I was actually talking with uh, Dante about, Dante Stewart, and I were talking about this, is this idea that. One of the things that made me consider that, oh, we might not make it to a certain age or make it to an age of enjoyment is the fact that I felt like I couldn't celebrate anything. Mm. And the fact that I felt like I couldn't celebrate fully and I couldn't celebrate freely. And this is something I'm still learning how to do. And I'm learning how to just be in the moment. Like I'm learning how to just be in the moment and enjoy and 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 the freedom of body and the freedom of voice and laughter and it, I remember a couple of instances right after I got out of college where I had birthdays and I had parties but they weren't really like fun. Okay. You know I was what I'm saying? Say like what? What? Yeah, like you what had, Did you feel like you couldn't celebrate? Uh, anything, mm-hmm. life, I, but I also felt like I couldn't celebrate. Um, Accomplishments, hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you feel like you, you just can't celebrate those moments where you're like, man, I should be happy. I should be proud of this moment. And we talked about how it's such a, a thing ingrained in our minds and in our heads that we can't celebrate milestones. You know, he's getting ready to release his first book. And by the time this has come out, probably already released. I mean, man, like <laughs> milestone, Right. Huge. Huge. We
1: we I'm, about to schedule him yeah, on the show too. To exactly.
0: He's going to be on the show. It's like, we're so excited. Right. But it's, it's like, as he's like, man, I'm, I don't know if I can actually enter into this. I'm struggling mm-hmm. to enter into this. He said, like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And you know, there are transitions I've made. I'm excited, happy, but I'm like, But can I really celebrate? Uh, What What are people going to think if I do this? Or and part of that is is your natural maturity. You, You stop caring about that. But then another part of it is, man, black joy is such a dangerous act.
1: I was gonna say, like, what made you feel like you couldn't celebrate?
0: I think it was part of like upbringing stuff and and all kinds of. But I feel like black black joy in and of itself. Is always held back just a little bit in certain contexts, right? Because, and I think that's part of the reasons why black men don't think they can grow old or we can't grow old is because we, we can't enjoy. Like we can't enjoy life. Life is not an enjoyable act. Okay.
1: Does this connect at all? And it's
0: going to sound terrible
1: black men smiling or not smiling in pictures
0: bro yes okay so we need to talk about this right so we need to talk about this and i just talked about this on ig i spent years not not smiling in pics i remember years not smiling and i was like why don't i smile and why do not i smile in pics i didn't couldn't even explain it and i was just and it wasn't that i had like a a casual expression i was looking mad looking hard yeah
1: looking <laughs> hard I, because we feel like we have to act, ex- be hard exactly. in order to endure the world. But it's so it's a self it's self protection. But see, uh, yes, and I remember um, on Twitter years and years and years ago, our friend BJ. Somebody asked, some there, there was like a group picture with him and some friends, and, and, and none of them were smiling. And there and and somebody commented, "Why aren't you guys smiling?" And he replied, 400 years of oppression, you." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very BJ-like. <laughs> <laughs> BJ making everything deep. That's very BJ-like. No, but that's that's interesting, right? So yes, I think it does connect to that. I think it does connect to that. And I think it also connects to the, to the burden that we feel to overprotect everything in our lives and to overprotect ourselves. Yes. And then to feel as though there is no safe safe place for us after we have tried to create it for everyone else. So tell me what you think of this. Is that
1: self-protection gendered in any way? Is it different for black men and black women?
0: Ooh, Yeah, of course. I'm sure, you know, <laughs> like, absolutely. I can't speak from a <laughs> black woman's perspective, but of course. Um, but what I have found is, what I have found is, there is such a nurture gap for us as mm. Black men, and we are so deficient emotionally in many ways. Like trying to navigate like a command of our emotions and our our uh, proper engagement with our emotions, that I feel like it just it hits different in our experience mm. because we just we can go years without doing that, and that thing just be normal. <laughs> you know what I was like? We go years without nurturing. And just be like, ah, well, you know, that's how. And we just say, well, this is, this is it's I'm, it it I'm trying to be a man. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, we're going to make it through. Just all these, these toxic positivity, spiritual bypassing phrase. Oh, you know, you know, hey, it's going to work out. You which know?
1: holding that in actually has physical yes. and emotional yes. effects, which affect our longevity in life, right? It would be helpful. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but the life expectancy of black men as a compared to women and as compared to people of other races is almost invariably lower. Mm -hmm. And like, even just that knowledge, this is the hard. this is the ambiguous part of the anxiety. Even just that knowledge, knowledge that, that, that by the numbers I'm expected to be on this earth less time than almost any group. It sort of hounds you,
0: yeah. And, and black men are, I think, the latest at life expectancy numbers are nine years, nine years earlier, mm-hmm. um, nine mm-hmm. years shorter than black women.
1: Good night, right? Which obviously um, places a huge burden on black women.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. <sighs> yeah, I think there's. I I think this is important because as young black men. Young, gifted, and black. Walking in this freedom, trying to embody it. We have to acknowledge what deeply burdens us. And we have to allow ourselves to be unburdened. Mm. And to lay aside the heavy weight. Mm. So that we can see life as not something to be endured but enjoyed. And so that we can truly have healthy present relationships with those we love and those who love us life is what oh not to be endured but enjoyed
1: yes that's a word
0: you know and and that we can truly have healthy present relationships for those we love and those who love us yeah and i think part of this is we're so task driven task oriented you know that we'll just keep keep pushing and even this was his choice, so I don't say this negatively or disparagingly, but I mean, you think of Chadwick. Hmm. And I honor him and and what he did, and he did what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. the way he wanted to do it. Went out the way he wanted to do it. But go. it's like, man, he kept working, bro. Yeah. Bro, bro. But he had to leave it all
1: on the it's, field. Bro,
0: he kept working. To the and very last. to the, to the To the end. Same with John Perkins, 91. Exactly, yeah.
1: 91. Bro, you've earned your rest, you know, in this life, <laughs> not, not just when you die.
0: Why can't we enjoy life, man? Why can't we rest? <sighs> so
1: okay. I want to go back a little bit. Well,
0: let's, right? let's, let's pause. Let's get into an ad break because I think it's important. We, we need to let this breathe for a minute. And then we're going to let this breathe. Then we're going to come back and talk about why jamar says we can't rest (laughs) right here right here on passing we'll be back
2: this episode is brought to you in part by baker publishing group most of us don't want to spend our lives being time wasters space takers binge watchers or game players We want to be difference makers, but maybe we make changing the world a little more complex than it really is. Making a difference isn't measured by a viral post or a name on a building. It isn't determined by a following or a fan base. Want to make a difference? Focus on just one person at a time. That's the secret of the way of Jesus. In his newest book, One at a Time, Kyle Eidelman invites us to better understand the surprising habits of Jesus and the power of small things done with great love. He challenges true disciples to fully commit to the unexpected Jesus way of changing the world by loving people one at a time. Baker Bookhouse is pleased to partner with Christianity Today to offer a special discount on your copy of One at a Time. Visit bakerbookhouse.com by February 28, 2022 and use promo code 12022. That's O-N-E 2022 to receive 40% off with free shipping.
0: Hey Jamar, you know, we have been doing Pass the Mic for about seven years now. That is, I don't know how many episodes, (laughs) millions of downloads, I mean, so many sessions. And we still love doing this, right? We
1: absolutely do. I am amazed at how much energy we have. I think it gets better, like fine wine over time as we do
0: it. that's what we tell ourselves. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Touch and agree. (laughs) I want us to do this for another seven years. And to do this, we are needing the audience's help. Yes. We need your help as listeners to fund this incredible work here that we're doing at Pass the Mic, and they can do that through our Patreon community. Yes, would you consider
1: becoming a patron of Pass the Mic for just a dollar an episode? One dollar. You can support this work. Go to patreon.com forward slash Pass the Mic. M I C. Patreon.com forward slash Pass the Mic, and fund and fuel this work for the next seven
0: years. The next seven years. The next ten years. Who knows? The next. Fifty years, if the Lord okay. should Terry, <laughs> we are excited about. We to be holograms. <laughs> yes, we will. But you can fund it at Patreon.com forward slash pass the mic. Thank you all so much for your help and support. Thank you.
1: So I want to go back a little bit and probe this feeling of threat, this ambiguous anxiety, hmm. because I think it is, there is a, a distinct and particular form of threat that we face as black men. Which is not to say that black women don't face all kinds sure, of threat absolutely. Compounding 100%. threats. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it's not either or, it's not the oppression Olympics, right? We're just saying that in particular the way white supremacy functions it's not only racial it's also patriarchal Hmm. it's also gendered right so black men have always been valued and exploited for their labor black women valued and exploited for their labor and their reproductive labor right yes yes um Mm. But our bodies, our physical bodies have been weaponized against us in a way such that as men, white men see us as a physical threat. Yes. And so they've always responded to that fear with physical violence.
0: Yeah, to be controlled. Yeah, to be controlled. The
1: control of black bodies, right? And so I think about the ways... That my very enfleshedness is what makes life dangerous for me.
0: That's That's what's
1: heavy. Yes. That's what is compounding and cumulative in terms of the stress and the impact on your body. Is here, I used to say, I used to say, um, as soon as a black man walks out of, the door of his home, he's in danger. I don't say that anymore because of Botham Shem Jean.
0: Hmm. He hmm. was
1: in his living room eating ice cream, hmm. killed in his own apartment.
0: My goodness. So there's really
1: no place, right? I, had, I, I heard a story. I was doing a speaking engagement of a, a, a black man, uh, has his PhD, in charge of a large organization, lives in a nice neighborhood. I can't remember why they called the cops on him, but he's in his house. Oh, the lights were on. For some reason, he, he was, he, I think he had a, a, a an infant. And the lights were on while he was taking care of his infant in the middle of the night. And somebody called the cops. They come, guns already drawn, guns. knock on the door, barge in. And he's a big guy. And the bigger you are, the more threat yeah. is perceived, right? And they come in this man's home with his wife and infant child guns drawn and had he made a false move the wrong statement or the wrong police officer goodness dead dead and all they knew about him was that he's a black guy goodness and then you take that on every time we hear about that that's us that's our brother right that's that's our son and i'm just saying the collect the 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 mental wear and tear that then you know the body keeps the score yeah
0: i also think that there is not a place to release the burden that is within our in fleshness hmm. and what should be a place to release the burden you take your your spiritual community right what should be a place to release the burden is actually a place that that reinforces the myth mm. So, the thing we're literally trying to stay away from gets reinforced. And what I mean by that is the thing that causes us to be viewed as as threats, we double down on <laughs> often mm. for men, right? So, we end up doubling down on the things. You know, I've, I've been watching this this one particular movement by um, a pastor I know, um, and it's a movement where it's encouraging men to pray and cry. Hmm. Right. And so it's encouraging them to cry and, and not just cry just to cry, but pray and and cry, you know, and how powerful that is just to see men, you know, crumpled on the floor, broken, you know, and entering into a moment of spiritual intimacy, you know, and, and together. And how much different does that look for most of our, our, our men's discipleship and men's movement? Which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with physicality. Like, I think that's yeah. a good thing. It's a healthy thing. Um, but most of our, our men's discipleship is, is rooted in physicality, right? It was kind of this, this whole thing in the, in the 90s, you know, early 2000s, fight clubs,
1: mm. right? And a very narrow conception of masculinity. Exactly.
0: So Fight yes. clubs. We can go fight. Yes. And it's like, no, I think it's good for us to, to fight and it's good for us to, that's fun. When that's, we go and shoot, shoot guns on the range, that's fun, right? But that doesn't necessarily, when that's the sum of our discipleship expression, the expression of our, our fleshness, what does that actually lead to? What that leads to is the reinforcing and doubling down of a myth that exists. And it also reinforces brokenness in us. Because we don't use those spaces, which are intimate spaces for us to heal and then take it back to places and people that we love. But we use it as as places to to arm. To arm up. So we add more weight. Mm. <laughs> we gear up. Right? There's iron, you know, fight, all this, all these, all these ideas, it gears us back up to get into a defensive in-flesh burden mindset. When what we need most is the freedom to take the armor off,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and what we need most is someone to be able to see our wounds and our scars and to nurse them.
1: I think you brought up such a great point, which is the 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 flip side of the same coin, which is which is joy, right? There's a whole hashtag, "Black Boy Joy," yes, or "Black yes. Boy Fly," right? And it's so interesting. So you you brought up like. For instance, the gun range, right? We could name whatever activity. And I think one of the errors we make is ascribing to the activity, ascribing value to the activity when what we really are valuing is the joy that we get out of that activity.
0: Hmm.
1: So so the reality is it could be that. That's it could good. be fishing. It could That's be good. knitting. It could be whatever. That's what we're good. talking about is joy. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And what we've done is mistaken this particular activity, which we say is manly and masculine, as the only thing that 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 can bring that kind of joy. When what we and so we pursue the activity when really we should be pursuing the virtue of joy.
0: Yes, and and the community yeah, there within. Absolutely. It's the camaraderie, right? We need to also talk about why we don't stop. Okay, so mm. I'm I'm putting myself on the couch here, okay? <laughs> Jamar knows me very well. Jamar knows my pace very well. My, my, my. um you know, sometimes you just feel like you can't stop. you feel like you can't reflect, you can't sit, you can't be, you can't cease. And you know, that's a spiritual issue, yeah, right? yeah and and that's an issue of spiritual maturity and discipleship, right, in many ways. But then it's also this this pressing feeling like I got to get ahead of this curve, whatever this is, in whatever area I'm talking about. I'm going to get ahead of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got to make sure I'm ahead of this. Because mm-hmm. if I'm not ahead of this, it's going to be me or somebody else that gets in trouble. And more than likely, people I love. Absolutely. And so you start thinking about it in that context of like, man, you know what? I just want to. I'm trying to get ahead. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay ahead of whatever is chasing me. Because in this world, it's always something. It could be the cops, could be COVID, it could be poverty. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, some yeah. always chase, some there's gonna chase me threat. down. Yeah. And some gonna make me a threat. And I think so. So
1: there's the can't stopness of, I got people depending on me. I need to put food on the table or whatever it might be. Yes. But there's also the can't stopness of everywhere I, I turn there are messages about my supposed inferiority. Hmm. And I can't stop because then what they're saying about me will be true. I can't stop because Hmm. I have to achieve at a level, be active at a level to refute all of their negative stereotypes and prejudices about me. Hmm. Because if I do, if I stop, and if I just be like they can, by the way, then... I become the stereotype. Hmm. I become the whatever, right? So I, I think there's part of that is, is in a society that seeks to constantly deface the image of God in you. We, without naming it as such, without perhaps consciously knowing it, are constantly trying to reclaim that dignity. Yes. Which can only actually be found in Christ. Right. But we seek it through. Activity, achievement, sur- surpassing expectations, whatnot.
0: Right. Right. Yes. Yes.
1: And I need folks to understand this goes beyond an individual kind of striving. Oh, 100%. Right?
0: And, and, it, and that is very true. So, yes, it is. The individual striving is a thing, but it goes deeper than that. And there's deeper considerations for that reality. How do we, how do we preserve ourselves how do black men preserve themselves? Because I love us. I know we say I love us and we mean like, ah, everybody, the diaspora. And I love us in that concept. I love black men. I love who we are, how we are, some of our unwritten customs and rules. Um, I love everything. Our our the way we the way we carry ourselves. Um, the inspiration I get when seeing other Black men succeed and win.
1: Can I tell you a quick story about what made me, what reminded me of how much I love Black men? Absolutely. Please. Um, most people don't know this because it was actually a very painful season in my life, but I was the interim principal at one of the first two public charter schools in Mississippi. Hmm. And uh, long story, but it, I did not plan that. <laughs> um, right. But I would shake hands with the students every morning when they came in. And this was back in 2015. It was, in my experience, right when we were, we're as black men really leaning into natural hair and you started to yeah, see yeah, 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 sponges yeah, yeah. out and all of this stuff was growing, growing it out longer. Cause when I was in school, it was all about the fade. Fades, it yeah. was fades, all about the waves. Lines. Yes. Yeah. The lines. Right. So, so now, um, the longer hair is starting to come back and I actually saw it most frequently on my fifth and sixth grade boys hmm. and I would shake hands with them. In the morning as they were coming in, I was just watching these guys walk in in the fullness of their blackness, embracing Mm -hmm. their black bodies and their black hair. Mm -hmm. And even as fifth and sixth graders, I'm like, these men are lions. Yep, yep. And this was in a phase where I was just coming out of like reformed circles (laughs) and very conservative, overwhelmingly white spaces. And I just remember thinking… Why do I have my hair like I do? It was almost—it was almost shaved, bald. Mm-hmm. It was just super mm-hmm. short, all one length, everything like that. And I had to tell myself, you know, I had done it for a long time. This was all the way back to high school when I was right. doing this. It was utilitarian because I was working at a forest preserve, and it was hot and sweaty. It was right. just easier right. <laughs> to, to be bald. It's also in the Jordan era, <laughs> <Of> <laughs> dating course. myself. But um, so it did serve a function then. But I had to admit. As an adult, in that circumstance, a lot of what I was doing and keeping my hair very short was to appease expectations of white people about what looked professional. Hmm, hmm. And I remember seeing those boys and they inspired me like, what? Why am I? This is beautiful. This is strong, you yes. know, in a beautiful way. Yes. And yes. it's affirming. So that's when I started to grow my hair out. That's amazing. And man. I've never looked back. That's really dope. And that's that's the love, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So back back to your point.
0: No, but we got to, bro, I think one of, the, one of the things that actually does sustain us, and you touched on it there, is we got to be around each other.
1: Mm, say that, say that.
0: We got to be around each other, you know? We got to be around each other. We got to take more trips together.
1: Okay, so you talked about how do we preserve... I think a yeah. big part of it, I always default to joy, right? There's right. going to be others who say we need therapy, which is
0: true. Yes, absolutely. We need community, which is true. I'm just like, we need to have fun. You know what would be, what would be so subversive and countercultural is a uh, witness black men's retreat. <laughs> wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be amazing? Where we can literally do this stuff. I'm talking about like a retreat retreat like four or five days like it's got to stop your life you got to stop your life as long as it's fun a good yeah. part of it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the the mixture the fullness we can do that stuff I don't mind shooting guns I don't mind fishing like let's do that stuff but and I we mean can
1: do other stuff we can too. do other stuff yeah
0: we can do sports we, we can, can do, do the massage
1: and the massage the mimosa Okay, okay.
0: Okay. That's 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 deep. That's,
1: like, like this deep. is what I'm saying. Like, like number one, we need to we need to ex- expand the aperture of possibility <laughs> in terms of what counts yes, yes, as yes, a men's activity. Of right?
0: course, no, that's not what I'm saying. You yes, know? yes. And of then, course. and then,
1: what really constitutes like just letting loose? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I always walk around so guarded. Because I feel at any time, I'm go- there's going to be a fight.
0: Right, right.
1: And I don't even necessarily mean a physical altercation, but some, some instance some where I'm going to have to defend myself or attack in order to, for self-preservation, right? That's the constant feeling. Uh, I'll give you a concrete example. Just the other day, we're in rural Arkansas, <laughs> <laughs> recording, beautiful yeah. lake, uh, go out to eat. I'm like, Bo, <laughs> you go in first. You go in first. <laughs> He's the white guy. Yeah, Go yeah. in, scope it out. Tell him we're here. We'll wait here for our table. And that's me. That's Jamar. But that's also somebody who's doing racial justice work in the deep south, in the delta, knowing you can't just walk in any place and not knowing what places are safe and what places are more dangerous. So to me... A men's retreat, what's a retreat about it, is you're in a place where you don't feel like there's going to be a fight at any moment. And that's when we get to relax. That's when we get to Mm. be emotional. That's when we get to have Mm. joy. We need that.
0: We need to do that. Would you come? Would y'all come? Would y'all come through? Would y'all pull up? (laughs) We need to do that. We don't have to do it in Pensacola, although, you know,
1: (laughs) Not, I am in fan of I am in favor of a beach or someplace hot.
0: We should do that, man That's just I feel like that proximity, that retreat, that trip, that love, that joy would be so preserving and necessary, not just for us but for the people who love us, you know, the diverse groups who who care about us, you know. And who want to see us survive, and then also that interact with us. <laughs> so, yeah. So we, us, like, just... so, so we could be healed men. Us
1: like off mic just. So
0: we could be healed men. No, I love that, man. I love that. I, I think we're in pursuit of growing old, and we're per- yeah. we're in pursuit of of sitting back and and enjoying what God, even as we work. Yeah. Even as even as sometimes there is a struggle. You know what?
1: On that tip. I feel almost guilty for not struggling every second. Hmm. This is part this part goes back to to why we feel like we can't rest. It's because there's a part of me that feels like unless I'm publicly perceived as engaging in some sort of struggle against oppression constantly, then I'm being like self-indulgent. Or I'm not down with the cause. Right. Or I've right. I've sold out whatever. But in a way, isn't that what we're working toward? Is oh, to not always have to struggle.
0: Absolutely.
1: And why should we feel guilty for the gains that other people who came before us, whether our parents or other activists, the struggle that they've endured so that we wouldn't have to
0: struggle the way they did. And the, and the more we struggle, the more unhealthy we are, the more we don't grow old. <laughs> you know, so. Which, black
1: male survival is resistance. Yes, yes. To be there for the next generation. To be there for the, the, the conferences and the confabs when we're old heads and they can ask us questions. Yes. To be there to to lead churches yes as seasoned men and not just talented young folks right yes to be there obviously for children and grandchildren should that be in your path right mm-hmm. there's a subversiveness
0: to that it's beautiful
1: there's a collective wisdom there's a there's a there's a a knowledge that comes with growing old is a crown of glory, right? Gray hair, your gray hair can be a crown of glory. And and how a black man surviving and even thriving and then living long enough to pass that on, to pass that wisdom on, even material resources on, to interrupt the cycle. Hmm,
0: hmm.
1: Maybe that's why we can't grow old. Hmm. You can't have these men who fi- gamed the system and figured it out and how to come out the other side. It's the Hunger Games. You can't have the survivors going and telling everybody all the secrets.
0: Hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, no, man. I love that. I love that. Live, Black man. Live. Live free. Live free. And come to our retreat. Come to our retreat. We're gonna do this. Tyler's name in it. Did I? Live black man? Is that the retreat? Black man live? Huh. Okay. We'll we'll get we'll be we'll, <laughs> we'll get back get, to you. We'll get back to you. <laughs> we 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 gonna get back to you.